The questions, who is or was Jesus and what was his agenda, have not gone away. Publishing houses continue to flood the market with a mass of literature, popular and scholarly, addressed to these so-called problems. Many churchgoers seem content to believe that the main purpose of Jesus was to die so that we can, quote, go to heaven when we die and thus avoid being tortured in a hellfire forever and ever, paradoxically, by a God who is full of mercy and compassion. Jesus, in fact, said not a word about going to heaven when we die, nor did he ever speak of eternal torture. Rather, he promised his followers that they would eventually have the earth as their inheritance when he returned from heaven. Who was this Jesus? What was his mission? Would he be welcomed in contemporary churches? And if so, in which of the hundreds of denominations? The current surge of interest in spiritual things has called forth a regrettable quick fix approach to God, which will result in failure and disappointment. God is not found by memorizing one Bible verse and using it as a sort of mantra for gaining what we want. The sale of five million books promoting a single text does not advance the cause of Christ. Finding truth takes effort, investigation, and study. This writer believes that our records of the historical Jesus are consistent and reliable. They portray a Jesus who fits beautifully and unproblematically into his first century Jewish environment. Hardly surprising. They describe a Jesus whose birth was prophesied centuries in advance by the God who reveals his grand design for world history. By divine covenant, the Lord God of the Bible guaranteed the coming of the ultimate royal personage belonging to the house of David. The authors of the Bible were skilled teachers who wrote to be understood. Their passion to share with us what they had discovered by association with Jesus is apparent in all their writings. It is hard to believe that their efforts to communicate were so poor that they result in a fragmented church with scores of differing and disagreeing denominations. Not to mention a frightening inability of scholars to agree on much, if anything, about who Jesus was. Learned unbelief may in fact be the problem and not the New Testament documents themselves. Any confusion which exists in the current church is our fault, not that of the early Christian writers of the New Testament. The Bible is not a 20th century American book. It's a Jewish book. Jesus was a Jew, and his theology is deeply rooted in the Jewish Bible, what we call the Old Testament. Claiming, as he did, to be the Messiah, gives us the vital, indispensable clue to what he was all about. It is as the Messiah, descendant of David and Abraham, that the New Testament introduces him, as in Matthew 1, 1. That brilliant comprehensive summary statement gives us the essential clue to the meaning of Jesus and his mission. The Christ, or Messiah, is God's appointed king, the Messiah is one whose God-given destiny is to rule the world. Messiahship is a thoroughly political concept. Not to see this 
is to misunderstand the New Testament from cover to cover. Far from being an ethereal stained glass figure out of touch with reality, Jesus was much closer in style to a political campaigner promoting his own theocratic party. His ambition was to serve the political objectives of the one God whose son he claimed to be. With his claim to be the long-promised Messiah of Israel, Jesus expressed his passion for a revolutionary world government, a reorganized, peaceful, and prosperous society centered in Israel, the promised land, God's land, as in 2 Samuel 7, with marvelous benefits extending across the globe. The Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, Jesus' Bible, is simply full of this vision of a new era of world history coming, that kingdom of God provides the only resolution of the world's appalling and intractable problems. Most confusingly, especially for those attempting to read the Bible and understand it, churches have invented their own idea of who and what Jesus should be. People, and especially religious people, project onto their Jesus all sorts of imagined ideals. They make him a teacher of timeless truths, how to be good, and so on. Or they identify him with an existing political agenda and set about to influence society with those ideals. But Jesus made no attempt to interfere with present political systems. As the theocratic candidate, he single-mindedly and tirelessly announced as a threat and a promise the future arrival of his own world administration. The kingdom of God was the principal topic of his saving gospel. Jesus' faith in that coming kingdom was based on the Jewish hopes of the prophets of Israel. Indeed, Jesus' followers promoted him as that promised prophet, based on the words of God to Moses in Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 18, and Acts 3.22 and 7.37. That prophet was to be empowered by God to determine the fate of every person. It would be in our interest to pay close attention and submit to that supreme ruler for God. His sacrificial death for the sins of the world and subsequent resurrection from death confirms his divine appointment to rulership in the coming kingdom. His death and resurrection must never be detached from his gospel preaching of the kingdom. Forgiveness in the New Testament is not secured by believing only that Jesus died and rose. It is granted on the condition, firstly, that we respond with intelligence to his own kingdom gospel preaching. His first command was that we believe the gospel about the kingdom, Mark 1 verses 14 and 15. This book proposes in non-technical language that the New Testament be reattached to its Old Testament background. Secondly, that Jesus be understood as the Messiah of Israel and the world and studied in the light of his impassioned proclamation of a new political order on earth, which he will supervise as king ruling from Israel at his return to the earth. His gospel or good news about the kingdom, the Davidic messianic kingdom, not only offers you personally indestructible life, immortality, by a future resurrection from death, 
a very different concept from going to heaven when you die. The gospel, as Jesus preached it, invites you also to dedicate the rest of your life to preparation for participation in the supervision of that future kingdom on a renewed earth. You are invited to be a co-heir of the kingdom with the Messiah. In short, the Jesus of history, the original theocrat, continues his work of recruiting members of his royal household, the theocratic party, who are urged to prepare themselves with divine help to take part in the Messiah's government of the future. This will be the first and only administration to rule the world successfully.